Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, a podcast where a bunch of theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was only made possible by the Arts, Culture, and Heritage Fund in Windsor, Ontario, so big thanks to them. My name is Avery Malosh, and I will be your Dungeon Master for tonight's episode of Dungeons & Dragons Legend of the Silver Flame. Previously in Legend of the Silver Flame. In the last moments, as you're looking toward the green portal, you see that the large demon woman looks at the shard and simply exits through the portal. Nothing more. And the portal goes away. Before, before you go, I must I must ask this favor of you. I know I have no right to ask, but I must since you are the only ones who seem capable of facing such horrors. I, I must ask that you travel to Loshutin and you speak to the queen of Loshutin and uh, here, I will provide a letter for you and I, I must ask that you check on the kingdom and check that the shard there is still safe and that perhaps they could come and we could speak of actions to take next and preparations for the future. I say that we have a toast to our new, new, new group, our new adventuring group, and to the battle that we just won. I'll drink to that. All right. So in the meantime, as you guys are drinking in the tent, uh, the three of you alone, we have... Velvet uh, making his way toward the brothel, and it's called... Oh, hello there, gorgeous. He's going to pocket it inside his silver and green doublet that he's wearing. Okay, so uh, I'll have you name that as Vasectomy Knife. <laughs> <laughs> the dwarf immediately stands up on the bench, turns to you, and is face-to-face -face with you, and says, Tell you what. Let's up the ante a little bit. Instead of a, an arm wrestle, why don't we just have a fist fight right here? Stu. A friend of size is a friend of Lenny's. You're welcome to stay so long as you don't cause any more interruptions. Ah, thank you, good man. Everyone's had a trying <laughs> enough day. It leads you guys to your rooms where you will spend the night. And that is where we will end, end tonight's session. Yay! <laughs> nice. So, the night is calm and clear, pretending as if the tragic events of the festival never happened. Our heroes rest in the plushiest of brothel pillows and the coziest of beds, asleep. Lena. I'm in danger. <laughs> you are standing in a deserted gray battlefield. Smoke rises from the embers left from cannonballs and fireballs. The ground is muddy and layered with sunken footprints. It's nighttime, and the moon is a bloody red, reaching the climax of a lunar eclipse. Ahead in the dark, a large flame, silver in color, suddenly grows in front of you, and you can see floating around the flame are eight shards. One that you recognize from the festival, with its endless ocean blue color. You begin to run toward the flame, slipping in the mud as you go. An itch forms in the back of your head. As you run closer to the flame, the itch grows more and more intense until it becomes scratching, 
painful scratching at the back of your head as if something is trying to claw its way out. On the other side of the flame, you see the giant demonic woman from the festival running toward the flame as well, a long shadow growing behind her as she gets closer and closer. The shadow grows and grows until it lifts off the ground and grows like a dark wall behind her, taking the form of a vaguely humanoid figure. Then you feel the scratching claw through the back of your head, and something begin to grow, sprouting violently like tendrils. But you keep running for the flame. You're about to reach the flame, and so is the demonic woman, when a terrible roaring sound sounds like a jagged metal being scraped against metal, and the rumbling of thunder fills the battlefield. The flame erupts, and your vision turns white. And in the white... You hear a voice, almost like a whisper. She, she must, must not, not succeed. succeed. Champion. Collect the shards. And then you wake up. You wake up in Lenny's Inn. There's, uh, you're in a comfortable wooden bed. There's an unlit fireplace, uh, a writing desk with a chair, and a map of Valendia on the wall that you're familiar with. You look through the window and you see that the sun is just peeking over the horizon, and the first rays of light are shining through your window, falling onto your lap. Your soaked lap. <laughs> Within a few moments, Lenny knocks on the door. Um, hello? Hello? Uh, she kind of gets up from the bed and kind of throws the blanket over her and she says, uh, yes? I just uh, received a letter and I need you to meet me down in the tavern as soon as you can. Uh, uh, I never get letters. It's not just for you. It's for your whole group, actually. It's from the king. So if you can, meet me downstairs. There's a wonderful breakfast buffet, and uh, I gotta get back to it. Oh, right. Thank you. Adios. And you hear his footsteps walk away on the wooden floorboards, uh, walking down the hall. She, she kind of puts her hand to her head, feeling uh, a little crappy from the uh, events of last night. She just, <laughs> she just starts to get ready. I think she's actually, no. She stops first and picks up a leather bound sketchbook mm. and she starts to just quickly sketch what she saw in her in her dream on the bed and then she gets ready okay cool uh, is this something that you've been doing for a long time now yeah yeah that's yeah i should mention yeah she's this is something she's been doing since she met theo since she met theo okay yeah she's had it a long many many years you, you sketch uh, using your pencils the, the silver flame and the large shadow creeping up from this demonic woman behind her, lurching over the flame and your hand reaching for it as well and the shards as well. How full is this notebook? I'm just curious. Yeah, it was, it's actually funny. I was going to say uh, it's it's a thick notebook, but she's nearing the last quarter for sure. She's been a lot of it. You can tell it's been worn. And it's, if you were to flip back, it'd be interesting to see the, the development and maturity of the drawings as she aged. Hmm, that's cool. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, are we talking, like, Jack Dawson, like, halfway through? Or are we talking, like, Frodo Baggins, like, room for a little more? Like, like that's that's really what I was trying to, to picture. So so that clarifies it for me. We're probably born Frodo territory. Gotcha. Yeah, have I painted Rich. a good enough picture for you, Eric? Do you got it? Yeah, yeah, that's... We're Perfect. No, like, draw me like one of your orc girls. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, <laughs> When two worlds collide. I mean, the campaign is still young, Jim. The campaign is still young. Come on. Bree. Yes. You wake up from a sound sleep in a halfling-sized room as the first sun rays of the day gently caress your cheek, almost whispering, good morning. You wake up, sit up, stretch out your arms, and after you wipe away the sleep from your eyes, you notice that on your window is a blue bird. A blue bird just sitting on your windowsill. And as you wake up and look at it, it quickly turns its head toward you, gives two little chirps. And seeing that you're now awake, it takes off in flight to the north toward the great lake. Around you, you see your armor is neatly hung in an open closet on the opposite wall of you. And within a couple moments of waking up as well, there is a knock at your door. Good, good morning, Miss Bree. Good morning. Oh, hello. Yes. Sorry if I woke you up. I just, I've received a letter this morning from the king and I've asked to invite you all down to my tavern as soon as you're able to. At uh, first light, he stated very, very assertively. Thank you. I'll be down momentarily. Was everything to your liking? Yes, it was very nice. I haven't slept in a bed this comfortable for quite a while. <laughs> I'm glad. Like I said, a friend of size is a friend of mine, so you are always welcome to stay. Thank you. <laughs> and you hear him walk down the hall. Is there anything you want to do in your room before you get ready and go down? Or I think Bree is just going to start to get ready. Most of her stuff is still all packed up from the night before, so she doesn't have too much to do she always like, keeps herself pretty prepared mm, okay and sigh yes you wake up in a large open concept room with a small kitchenette oh. it is much nicer than the rooms that your other well newfound friends <laughs> have been staying in uh, due to your connection with the man himself lenny Ooh. Good. <laughs> Good man, Lenny. Hell yeah, you, <laughs> you wake up, arms and legs spread wide in your queen-sized bed, immediately excited about the promise of adventure that starts this very morning. And you notice, looking around your large room, on a wooden desk, there is a small, unsealed envelope. Hmm. So I go over to the desk, and I pick it up, and, and does it have anything written on it? Nothing written on it. There's just a piece of paper in it, and it's not sealed. Okay, envelope. yeah. So I will take out the paper and unfold it, and what do I see? It's a letter, and you, uh, being familiar with Lenny, you notice that it's his handwriting. <laughs> and this is what it reads. Word has passed down that you are to travel to Losherton on a mission for the king. You've been with us here in Isenport for such a short time. It is impressive that you are already undertaking such incredible tasks. This is a small thanks for the services you've provided and the warmth 
you've brought to our humble city and its good people. And maybe it'll help you in your travels. This country can be unforgiving in its wilds, so stay safe and hope to see you soon, brother. You find in the envelope is a second smaller piece of parchment with handwritten instructions to a spell named Create or Destroy Water. Oh, yes. Money. <laughs> create or Destroy Water. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll let you look that up. But yeah. what I will let you know is it's a transmutation spell. Uh -huh. So if you want to copy that baby into your spell book, it'll only take one hour and 25 gold to do so. So the cool thing is you don't have to do it right away. You have that instruction piece of paper. You can do it when whenever you want. Okay. Just, uh, um, just let me know. Okay. Uh, it's not for a wizard. Create or destroy water? You're joking. Um, okay, hold on. Cleric and druid? Yeah. God. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. It explodes. <laughs> well, you know what? This is my world, so fuck it. Hey! Yeah, it's for a wizard mm. now. Okay. Stick it to the D&D &D man, dude. <laughs> Fuck him, you know? Mm. Take that, Gary. <laughs> fuck off, Gary. I mean, right. fuck it. It's a cleric or druid. It's not like a evil warlock right. spell we're talking about. Right. It's fine. <laughs> you know those Which, okay. <laughs> the more funny thing is, uh, behind the scenes, I tried to do this with Kim. I asked her if she had a certain spell, and she's like, <laughs> I don't, but it's because it's for warlocks. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I thought wizards were all supposed right. to just be able to know it all, but uh. right? I know. Well, we I know. should. In your world, we can. We'll make it happen. Okay. Yeah, I, I want you to have this spell, so I choose awesome. for you to have it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Cool. All right. And with that, there is a on your door, and Lenny asks if you may come in. Hello, 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 sir. Lenny, is that is that you? Oh, you know it. And he just opens ah, the door and walks right in. Come on in. <laughs> Good morning. How was your sleep tonight? The last night? Fantastic. How was yours? I offered oh. you the best room I had available. And you did. I love this room. I love <laughs> what you've done with it. So, oh. yes, thank you so much. <laughs> of course. I, I see you found my little gift for you. I did. Oh, Lenny, you spoil me. <laughs> it's actually a spot of luck. I was gambling with someone in my tavern last night, and that's what was on the line, and I managed to win it. But I knew you would be able to use it more effectively than I could ever use it. So I thought it would make for a nice gift for you. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Of course. I mean, all the fun aside, though, I do have a bit of business for you. I received oh. a letter from the king this morning, and I need you to meet me in my tavern downstairs as soon as you can. Do you still have the breakfast buffet? Always. Oh, excellent. Okay, I am <laughs> hungry. And with that, he gives you a nice bro hug, pats you on the back a few times, <laughs> and uh, he takes his exit, closing the door behind him. Okay. And uh, I always do my morning stretches, so I'm going to do those for a few oh. minutes to warm up the body. <laughs> nice. Are there any stretches uh, in particular that Sai has in his repertoire? Uh, just kind of like deep knee bends. Get those knees going, because he's got a lot of walking to do today. <laughs> it's always the knee bends, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the three of you make your way downstairs, and you see the tavern is already in full swing as there is a breakfast bar right in the middle of the room with steam rising from the hot food set up and many patrons enthusiastically filling their plates. You see Lenny's at the bar, uh, and as he sees the three of you walk down, he kind of makes his way over. You see that he's working right now. He has 
clean plates in his hand that he's setting down on the table. And he says, grab a plate and meet me at the bar and we'll talk. And he walks off to continue his duties. Lena looks at Sai and uh, she says, uh, good morning. Good morning! How was your sleep? Uh, good, thanks. Uh, listen, I just wanted to apologize about last night. I, I don't normally drink much. Oh, and, no, uh, no, 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 no. No need to apologize. We are all friends here. You enjoyed yourself. Not to worry. But I did, I did get the last punch, right? I, I did win that thing. <laughs> yes, you sure did. <laughs> smiles and says, good. Picks up her plate. Uh, shall we? Yes. Lenny has the best dragon's eggs benedict you have ever had. And this is my favorite. How it's not really dragon's eggs. He just kind of spices it a bit. But it's still I was, good nonetheless. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no fucking way Lenny could get his hands on some dragon egg. No, and then no, just no, no. serve them to the general public. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like a delicacy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel like they're just normal eggs. And he's like, no. Yes. They, he puts like green dye on them? No. Yeah, and, and he adds like a little spice because they're, you know. In, in my imagination, they'd be spicy. I they're don't pocket yeah. dragon eggs. Right. Yeah, it's a metaphor oh for God. just fire breath or a spicy egg. <laughs> yes, yeah. Too yeah. much pepper. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I forget though. How do you how do you know Lenny? Oh me? Yeah. Oh, uh, how do I know Lenny? Oh, well, I I, I met him. I, I I always take walks in the city during the, the in the town during during the day, and I just happened to stop by, and uh, well, Lenny be Lenny Lenny and I became good friends. Of course, over a pint, a pint of mead, you know, but... Hmm. Telepathically, Bree asks Sai, how long have you been in the city for? I, I turn to, to Bree and I say, oh, I, I've been here for, for just a month. And Bree telepathically says to Sai, and you're positive we can trust him? Oh, of course! Lenny! Oh, how, of course we can trust Lenny! Okay, as long as you feel we can trust him. So you guys grab your plates of breakfast. You grab eggs, toast, bacon, sausages, uh, the works, and you make your way over to the bar where Lenny's just putting down his towel and uh, cleaning a few plates off as well, keeping them coming. He takes a letter out of his pocket and he kind of throws it onto the bar in front of you. And he says, this is a letter from the king that I received this morning. It says that I was to wake you up just after first light and tell you to head toward the stable just outside of the city. Now, the stable, you will meet a man named Binky, the stable keep. Binky. Yeah, I think I've met him. Yeah, he's a little... He's a little strange for sure, isn't he? <laughs> well, yes, but... Yeah, that, that, that's what makes people wonderful. It's just, you know, a little bit strange. They're all friends. Oh, sorry, is his real name Binky? His real name is Binky. That is right. Really? Is that strange to you? <laughs> I mean, uh, I just never met anybody who had the name Binky before. And then she dives into the rest of She has like a mound of breakfast. She's one of those people <laughs> that can just eat a horse and is just like stays slim. <laughs> yeah, I'm not actually sure where Binky's from. Uh, I've never really asked. He just kind of showed up one day looking for work and he hasn't left since. Now, what is your business for the king? The letter only stated that I was to relay that message for you. Uh, can we tell him? Uh, Lena asks Sai. Um, 
Well, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know what, Lenny? I think for right now, we're going to have to keep this a secret between us. Bree telepathically says to him, we don't want to put anyone in any danger that we absolutely don't need to. And he kind of shakes his head for a moment and he says, right. Sorry, I'm still getting used to that telepathic speaking that you do. Uh, that, that was you, correct? Bree shakes her head and verbally she says, sorry. No, that's okay. It's it's really cool. It'd be nice uh, to keep others a little more quiet, if you know what I mean. Well, can you guys tell me at least where you're headed? Oh, I forget the name. What was it, Sai? It was uh, Losherton, right? Yes, it, it was Losherton. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're, we're headed to Losherton. That's right, that's right. Losherton. I've never been myself, but I've heard wonderful things about it, for the most part. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, what have you heard? Well, just that it's beautiful. It's rolling plains, and it's mm -hmm. generally peaceful, but not without its problems, apparently. Uh, I've heard from traveling merchants that there are feuds between the grass prairie folk in the south and mm -hmm. the farm prairie folk in the north, constantly. Not exactly sure why, but apparently the queen just rips her hair out over those folks. So it's a, it's a queen who has the, the shard there. Yes, the Queen of Losherton. Okay. Mm -hmm. Please don't ask for her name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like just about to ask. <laughs> like first, first, middle, and last name, please, Avery. <laughs> uh, same number. Uh, yeah. What's the GDP of the country? I'd like to know. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, their national own personal emblem and animal and flower. It's, uh, um, five and... <laughs> And uh, you guys kind of finish up your breakfast. He takes your plates from beneath you and he says, well, I certainly wish you luck on your journey and that you make it back in one piece. And I hope, hopefully we'll see you soon, Sai. Thank you so much, Lenny. It was a delicious breakfast as usual. Ha, <laughs> thank you. Those dragon eggs are something, aren't they? Mmm, delicious. <laughs> yep. And he makes his way to the back, out of okay. sight. Where's our friend Velvet? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Whoa. Telepathically, I say to Sai, I haven't seen him yet this morning. So, on that note of asking about where Velvet is, Velvet, you are sleeping soundly amongst the super plush, colorful pillows of the room in the brothel you spent the night in. You feel warm and comfy. Dreaming of these pillows being in your palace. Beautiful women laying all around you. There are awards lined on your walls of the great accomplishments you made as a solo artist. You did it, damn it. You did it. He says to himself, <laughs> looking at his award. That is all his award wall. You sly son of a bitch, you did it. A purple tiefling woman stroking your hair says... Oh, Velvet, would you sing us a song, please? The vibrations of your vocal cords are orgasmic to our ears. Oh, please, everyone, my jaw and tongue have had quite a workout already, don't you think? <laughs> and all the women start egging you on, please, Velvet, please, smooth cords, please smooth us over, and they're all just draped around you. <laughs> 
fine. And he, and he, he literally like rises because it's a dream. So he rises yeah. like Nosferatu, just like straight up in the air, holding this note. And the women all raise along with you, their clothes being left behind ah, as they get lifted in the air with you. Oh yeah, he's totally naked right now. Completely, completely naked. <laughs> The, the tiefling is spinning around you slowly, and she pulls you in and holds you against her soft chest. Her tail gently lifts and points towards your face to caress you, when suddenly she prods you hard in the face. Ow. Wake up. Oh! She says in a low, rumbly voice. Well, I mean, you know, don't dish it till you try it, so... Wake up! And she pokes you again with her tail, and suddenly your eyes flicker open, and you are looking into the proudly ugly face of a male half-orc. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, high medieval fantasy! Jesus Christ! And he is naked. He's naked? He is naked. Oh, cool, because I'm naked, too. <laughs> Because I definitely sleep butt naked. So you're back in the room that you fell asleep in in the brothel, and this six foot one, tall, burly half orc is bent over, poking you in the face about five inches from your face, and he says, "Paid this morning for a plush room. Are you my courtesan?" You uh, didn't. She didn't specify male or female, but I don't really mind either. Well. Great to hear of your openness. And he kind of stands up, um, just, like, not ashamed at all of his, like, that they're just two <laughs> naked men. Like, well, no, they're not two naked men. But just, like, not ashamed that, you know, just both of them are naked right here. And he kind of, like, looks him over and he goes, Nice pubes. Feel him. And he's gonna go to grapple you. <laughs> oh, God! So I'm gonna roll grapple, and I'm gonna uh, so I'm gonna have him roll strength, and I'm gonna have you roll acrobatics for me because I assume your dexterity is better than your strength as oh, a no. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's roll for those. We'll have a nice little competition here. That is an 18. Oh Jesus! Yes. Okay, he only rolled a six, <laughs> so he goes down to reach for you and grab you, but you just managed to run through his legs, just missing his. <laughs> <laughs> member as you crawl under him and he falls face forward into the pillows that you were sleeping on he says oh still warm he slaps him on the ass he <laughs> looks at him and goes oh nice glutes man and just tr tries to grab um as much of his things as he can and get the fuck out of there I want you to roll just for fun, just uh, just to play at this moment. I want you yeah. to roll sleight of hand for me to see how much of your shit you can grab as fast as you can. Uh oh, <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Uh, eighteen. Eighteen. Yes. You grab everything before he even manages to look back up from his pillows and he looks at you. Cool. And I still haven't put clothes on. <laughs> so you have all your things. He looks to you. He's still sitting down, and he just spreads his legs and he says. Paid good money, get started. Yeah, fuck it. Okay, I'm. I, I don't know. Okay, so um, he's gonna actually just run. I think. Fuck it. I'm not gonna do that. I don't want to hurt him. So he's okay, just gonna okay. go. He's gonna go. Uh, listen, if I didn't have to save the world and gather a bunch of dingle hoppers, I'd love to do it. <laughs> but I have to get back to my friends, Faye and Chi and. Uh, Leanna. I'm pretty sure that's what their names are. So, <laughs> see you later. And he just runs down the stairs. 
<laughs> so you open the door, you begin running down the stairs. Immediately when you open the door and go into the hallway, you notice that the brothel is in full swing, despite it being the morning only. There are mostly naked men and women walking around and customers in, that are walking through the hallways as well. You run down the stairs, you run past a couple naked people who just, ooh, like, as you're sprinting by. You get down to the main floor, and you see that there is a human woman behind the counter that uh, was empty last night. You see that she has curly black hair, delicate features, and she has multicolored rings all along her fingers. Now, uh, she sees you naked, and she looks confused for a moment and says, I, are you a new... Higher? I didn't... And she starts looking to her papers to understand what's happening here. Have no fear. I am simply gracing your establishment with my visage. And he just gives a little shake. What is your name? <laughs> Velvet Smooth Chords. Pleasure. And, a f and the room kind of stops for a sec as everyone looks to you and like they're like... <gasps> Velvet smooth chords, and you start to hear muttering, and the woman behind the counter also looks impressed for a moment. Her eyes go wide, but then she squints them again, as she just says, <clears throat> That's actually good that you're here, because I received a letter from the king's messenger this morning that you are to go to the stables just outside of the city as soon as you can. I would probably go with your clothes on, however. I wouldn't want you to get embarrassed. And she points down, and then people in the room start snickering. Well, one, crazy they found me at the brothel, because I literally snuck in here, so <laughs> wild. Two, you know, a whole town massacre, not enough of an excuse to keep your establishment closed, selfish. And three, yeah, that's a good point about the clothes. And he throws on the clothes, <laughs> and he goes to leave, and he turns around and says, I've been working on a new song in the past few hours, would anyone like to hear it? And the room... Roll persuasion for me. Okay. 26. Jesus. <laughs> wow. People um, naked and clothed immediately run to you and start circling you. And they just are... They are so excited at the prospect of hearing a new song. And they start, like, cheering for you. And uh, they're really egging you on. But then the woman from behind the counter jumps the counter, makes her way through the crowd, turns around and says... The shows are in the private rooms, folks. Everybody get back to work. He strikes a strong chord from the leer and, like, steps, uh, hops up on her table so he can be seen and says, This is my new song that I've written. It is called The Spiky Demon and the Murderous Minor. <gasps> That's relevant. That just happened. It did just happen. You bet your fucking ass. And he strikes a really cool chord. Oh, what an artist. <laughs> you played one note and people are already cheering. <laughs> to which the, the woman, <laughs> she just crosses her arms and above the cheering, she just yells, you win this round, Mr. Smooth Chords. Do come back. And she kind of flashes you a flirtatious smile, actually. Oh, he returns it 100%. And he says to himself, the ones who are hard to get are always the best. And he starts to play a song. And I, I obviously don't have any of the song thought out, except the ending. 
And I think that like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a song that's, it's, it's like the equivalent of like high medieval fantasy screamo, you know, to, to kind of, to kind of, you know, just to encapsulate the fear that was going on at the time. And then I think it's going to end something like, you know, um, and the boy like the demon will go on killing again. Boom. And And he just throws up his leer in the air and takes a big bow. And on that last boom, someone takes a chair in the corner of the room and smashes it on the ground. And people start screaming. The woman, her flirtatious smile disappears. And she also yells above the screaming people, you're also paying for that. The chair? She nods. And she she throws her hands up in the air like, yeah, no shit. Ah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually did leave my uh, wallet with my friends, so I'm going to go to them. And because there's people around, he, I, I want to run on all their heads and like jump out the front door and run over to the uh, to the hotel that I know that they're staying at. Or the inn. Roll acrobatics for me. Hell yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a nat twenty. Oh, oh my yes. god. Yeah, go for it. How do you want to do that? <laughs> he just leaps <laughs> from head to head to head and just like dives through the door with a front roll and just books it towards the end. And she just shakes her head and starts picking up the pieces of the chair that are left behind. So, uh, the three of you and the one of you all travel through the city, heading toward the stables just outside of the city gate. Now, walking through the city, you can feel that there is a tension in the air. The streets are quiet, save the sound of people's footsteps, the rolling of a cart, and small conversations. People quietly are taking down the decorations and clearing up their stalls from the failed festival, some with a look of sadness, some with a look of indifference, and few with looks of joy. Even you, Velvet, as you walk through the street, no one seems to pay attention to the once big-time celebrity as you walk through. I think he reflects on that just a little bit. And and Sai's just going through, just going, Good morning, friend! And and are they responding at all? The most you receive back would be a nod, but not even a Mm. smile. Yeah, he'll take it. (laughs) Good enough! Good enough! Always the optimist. (laughs) Yes. Bree's just constantly on alert, scanning the crowd. Yeah, uh, as you're looking... Bree, you do notice that there are no cultists, there's no people in those black hoods, and it just seems like everyone is just somber and, and uh, downtrodden. But it does feel safer. I think that Velvet is plucking some chords and, like, opera style, like recitative, like, and we're going, and we're looking for the cultists, where are they? <laughs> <laughs> cannot find the cultists where are they <laughs> turns into a big musical number everybody starts joining <laughs> <laughs> going down the street <laughs> like 500 days of summer star <laughs> yeah, he's just he just you know singing to himself i think singing out loud thinking the process helps helps him to just you know center himself on reality because that gets away from him sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough that's 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 so deep so deep <laughs> now you all finally meet back together as a group just inside 
the ice and port main gate. Uh, the main gate is actually currently closed. It's a large metal portcullis, and you see that the road turns from cobblestone immediately to dirt once it passes through the gate. There are quite a few guards around, and you've noticed when you've been walking through the city that there are many more guards on patrol. Um, it seems like security is turned up a bit, turned up a notch. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> so, you guys are all back together again. Uh, good morning! And he looks at Lena and he says, Good morning, Bree! And he looks at Bree and says, Good morning, Sai! He looks at Sai and says, Good morning, Lena! <laughs> good morning, friend! Did you have a good sleep? Are you, you know, drunk? great, not a great wake up, honestly, naked half orcs, not, not the best oh. alarm clocks. I know. <laughs> Who would have thunk? But here we are. So. Bree's very are. disturbed and her face goes beat red. <laughs> well, 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 welcome. It's good to see you again. He stares at Lena and he goes, oh, you're looking okay? Had a little bit, uh, ooh, too much there, huh? Mm. Been there, Thanks. done that. How did you know about that? I could see it in the eyes, and your breath smells like wine. Thanks. Mm. What's your name again? I'm sorry. Velvet Smooth Chords. <laughs> and I take a bow. <laughs> right. Well, <clears throat> shall we uh, go see this Binky person? I feel like I want to ask him why his name is Binky, but is that wrong? Binky is a perfectly normal name. I have 14 cousins named Binky. It honestly <laughs> makes gift giving notoriously difficult. <laughs> Bree telepathically says to Lena, "That might be a little bit rude." <laughs> she just kind of catches Bree's eye and just kind of gives a slight nod. And as you guys are standing there having this conversation, a guard begins to approach you. State your business. Oh, we're headed to the stable. Oh, you're headed to the stable, and... Yes. What for? We're seeing Binky. What for? Indeed. Our friend Binky. Do I need to repeat myself one more time as he starts to <coughs> sort of stroke his very thick mustache? Telepathically, Bree says to him, The king sent for us. Oh, and his demeanor changes immediately. He says, Oh, you're the group that's supposed to be passing through. Sorry, we just received word this morning. We're not letting anybody through due to increased security measures because of last night's events. That's okay, sir. You're just doing your job. I know you have much greater matters at hand, but would it be a bother if I could ask you for a favor? What is your, what is your request? It's a, it's a little silly. And he kind of looks down and scratches his neck. But my fiancé has a special recipe dinner that she wants to make for our wedding day coming up. But oh. it involves a key ingredient that must be brought in from the grass prairies of Lushitan. Since the oh. events of last night, Iceport is on tight security and few people, including merchants, are permitted to enter the city. When you go to Lushitan, could you acquire black garlic for me? Black garlic. Will do. Really? And his eyes light up. You will? Of course. Won't we? And I turn to the rest of them. We'll, we'll get him some black garlic. Uh, Maybe do that. Maybe. If, if the black garlic is in my direct line of sight, I will consider <laughs> picking it up. And he smiles. <laughs> how, how, how difficult could it be to get black garlic? See, that's what you say. And then I smell a complete side quest. 
My name is Chester Williams, and you can find me just here at the gate. Uh, I, I work every day. Like All every right. single day? It's not ideal. <laughs> he looks to you, <laughs> kind of taken aback. But we appreciate your service. Thank you. <laughs> and he turns to you, Sai, says, thank you. I appreciate that sentiment. <laughs> I kind of pat him on the shoulder. So, um, if you want to make a note, you do have a side quest. <laughs> Eric. <Yep. laughs> um, <laughs> and it's, uh, you can just call it wedding day dinner. Wedding day dinner. Wedding and, day? Yeah, it's as simple as acquiring some black garlic that is said to be found from Losherton and bringing it back to Chester Williams. Okay. So what does black garlic taste like? It's actually quite good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, is it a thing? It's delicious. It is actually a thing. What? In, in the oh, human yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Why did I... Okay, well, that's... It's, it's very pungent, isn't it, Kim? Yes, yeah, it's very yes. pungent. It's so good. <laughs> I just know it from the Bob's Burgers episode where yeah. he needs it for that burger cooking competition he's yeah, in. Yeah, the black garlic oh, burger. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yes. I didn't even know that. I forgot about that, yeah. There's going to be random sort of side quests like this throughout the campaign because I want to introduce ways for you guys to just make some money on the side. For instance, Sai has, as a wizard, it's an expensive lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew, right? Yeah, so these side quests, um, you they don't have anything to do with the main story. You could just choose to do them if you want. Some side quests may be larger than others, but they're just ways for you guys to make some extra money or get cool items as well. Uh, magical make new or friends. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, get cool shit. <laughs> Got it. On that note, he takes a bow and says, Thank you so much. I, I will be incredibly grateful and please take your time. We're in no rush. Except her birthday. <laughs> what? <laughs> or. or- Wedding day, except, actually. Oh, except yeah. the wedding day. <laughs> yes, it is. It's for our wedding day. Uh, you know... <laughs> Lena starts to push uh, Velvet just, like, through. Oh, wait, wait, one, one second. He, like, no, he, he, like spins going. around and he goes, he goes, Chester, I, I do have to say that yesterday, I'm pretty sure that through no fault of my own, the horrors of the day might have turned a child to sociopathy. So just keep an eye out if there's a boy, you know, if the dead cats start showing up. You know where to look. I think we're a little busy burying the multiple bodies of the citizens that, whose lives were taken yesterday, but totally. I'll keep that in mind. Totally. Just just uh, letting, being a good citizen, and I also do birthdays and weddings. Okay, and he tries he to just starts him pushing him again. Just like, dude, just keep going. Like, I do funerals too, okay. and that's, okay. I, you know, I think we're gonna do good business in this oh, town. Okay, just keep going. At this point, even Sai is pushing him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not difficult. Velvet is a small creature, man. He's yeah. not strong at all. Where he just telepathically says to Chester, we'll do our best. And he telepathically responds, saying a genuine thank you. He signals to the guards on top of the of Ice and Port's wall, and they begin to open the portcullis for you. It begins to rise, and you are permitted exit out of Ice and Port and into central Valendia. I do sweet 16s and, and bar mitzvahs, and... Uh... And you get drowned out by the sound of the portcullis as you guys walk through it. It begins going back down. <laughs> and with a final... You guys are outside of Iceport. 
Now, not too far away on the horizon as you look out, in the northwest you can see there is the beginning of the central swamp and what must be a gigantic tree reaching for the sky since you can see it from so far away. It's very impressive even from this far. But directly to your left, not too far away, standing outside of the stables is a man with a mastiff dog sitting next to him. He oh. sees your group walk through and he begins to wave to you. And I, I, I wave back. And I say, hello, friend. You must be Binky. Hello. My name is Binky. Binky, the stable boy. And this is my friend <laughs> Gus. Gus, the good boy. Lena whispers to Velvet, oh my god, he sounds like a Binky. Honestly, all binkies sound like that. It's weird. I, I don't, if, if you give my cousins a call on the magical line, you can't tell which binky is which. He he runs right to the dog and goes, who's a good boy? And just like shoves his face into the dog's face and is just like, like petting the dog's ears and like exchanging licks with the dog. The dog says, woof. Whoa. In a very strangely human sound. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, Velvet's just obsessedly. He just goes right to the dog. He's an <laughs> And um, and I cast uh, Prestidigitation, which is my cantrip, and I kind of conjure a little dog toy, and I kind of like throw it. The dog <laughs> does not move. Does not look anywhere where you threw a dog toy. Nothing happens. It's Nothing it's happens. really it's really disappointing. Lena goes over, picks it up, and gives it back to science as you dropped something. Uh, thank you. And he takes it and then lets it, poof, it goes, disappears. Bree's staying as far away from the dog as possible, and she's just looking at it very, very on guard. Oh, Velvet's, like, by now, Velvet's like, You're my four-legged friend. We're gonna be the best friends that ever were. And Gus gives no response to you. He, he doesn't even acknowledge your existence there. He just oh. sits, sits there stoically looking for Velvet doesn't give a shit. He's just going to keep It's a one-sided friendship. Binky, Binky cuts in. I have instructions written by the king that I am to provide you with one wagon and with one horse. Free of charge. Isn't that right, Gus? Woof. <laughs> He's such a good boy. <laughs> Binky, do we do we get to pick our horse? No, I have chosen your horse and wagon for you. And he takes a step back and opens his arm up and shows you a very simple wooden wagon, four wheels, and it, it can seat up to six people. There's one driver's seat, and then there there is a brown horse with brown with a brown mane that has hair that is way too long so that it covers its eyes. Uh, that is Sven. Sven the horse. Sven. Oh, what a beautiful horse. Hello, Sven. Velvet stops talking to the dog, runs right to Sven and goes, You're my four-legged friend. <laughs> Starts singing the to horse. the horse now. <laughs> the horse does respond. Um, can you roll animal handling for me? Oh, yeah, I can. Am I good at animal handling? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is a 12. <laughs> The horse does not get freaked out, just barely. It kind of gets shocked at you running up in this little thing. It seems like a very skittish horse, but then remains calm. Yeah, I assume I'm, a, I'm about, like, at, at height with its knee, if it's, like, a pretty decent-sized yeah. oh, horse. Yeah. So I'm just, like, holding on to its front leg, singing to it. I more just wanted to see if it would try to kick you immediately. <laughs> 
I do have this thing with animals. He totally fucking lies. He doesn't have it. <laughs> Binky pipes up once again. I just wanted to let you know that the best way to get to Losherton would be to head toward Plunberg, where you can take a rest on your journey and then continue from there. Your journey should take... And he kind of pauses for five seconds. Oh, he's buffering. Hold on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Right. Two days. If you are not interrupted. Did you have a question? Do we have anything on the way that may cause an interruption? Cannot. Confirm. Oh, yeah, he's definitely buffering. Okay. Mm. He kind of twitches his head for a sec and he says, Who will be driving the wagon? Uh, uh, well, of, of course, I, I can do it. Great. He produces a book <laughs> from his back pocket. It's a small pocket oh. book. And on the front, it says the do's and don'ts of coach driving. <laughs> now, it actually does something. If you read it, it will give you advantage in any situation, Ooh. including dangerous, requiring a role in non-difficult terrain regarding keeping control of the wagon and horse. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Binky continues. Do keep an eye out for dangerous creatures such as goblins, humans, owl bears, bug bears, normal bears, and more. Uh, <laughs> Velvet's looking at like a little sundial. He's like, okay, so it sees that his download speed is about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Uh, is is do we do we have to go to Plunberg? Can we uh, uh, stop somewhere else instead? Why do you have a thing against that town? Ta- I have several towns yes. I'm banned from, so I get it. Do you, are you banned? Oh. Uh, no, I'm not banned. I would just prefer not to go there. Oh. Do tell. I love a good gossip. Please, tell me. I'm not going to tell you just because you asked. Oh, spill the wine. Come on, friend. We're friends, Jim. (laughs) It's it's Lena. Right. (laughs) Call her fucking Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Not even remotely medieval. (laughs) (laughs) Neither is Binky, so I mean... (laughs) Okay, okay, just, you know, blink if I'm right. You got a long-lost love. She just stares him dead with no blinking. Damn, that's... mm. Brie looks at Velvet and verbally whispers, she doesn't have to tell you if she doesn't want to. Okay, listen, I'll just, you know, when we go there, I'll stay on the outskirts of town. It's it's fine. That should be fine. No, you know what? If you feel uncomfortable going there, we don't have to go there. Yes, Binky, is there a place that's on the way that we could stop instead of Plumberg? No major place. If you're concerned about being seen, I can put some makeup on you and change your face. He pulls out his little, like, makeup kit. It's actually rather big makeup kit. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't say anything. She's just going, she just kind of ignores him. Okay, well, he follows and goes, well, no, I got some latex here, and just kind of walks away as he's talking about (laughs) all the things he has in his makeup kit. So, friends, shall we? Oh, I'm already in there. I followed, uh, 
I followed. Oh, Jim. You followed Jim. Yeah, I followed. Yeah, okay. I followed Lena in. <laughs> I followed Jimothy in. And <laughs> Bree looks at sign nods. How long is this manual? Like, can I read it while I'm walking over to the cart? <laughs> It'll probably take you an hour. Oh no! Everything takes me an hour. Um, <laughs> is there like an abridged version? I mean, you can skim through. <laughs> And I'll have just, you make an intelligence check to see if you okay. soak up the information for me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well, you know, like, just the basics about how to cart drive. Or, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean, Lena could take the first bit so Sai could read it and then take over if it seems pretty basic for the first bit. Lena, do you know how to drive carts? Uh, no, but, I mean, it can't be that hard, right? It's a horse and a cart, and it's, like, flat fields, right? I mean, well, as far as we can tell. That sounds lovely. If, if you will be willing to, to, to do that, then that would be fantastic. I'll, I'll sit back here and read my manual. Sure. Sounds good. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear? <laughs> You're letting someone who's never driven a horse and cart in her life. Neither That's am so I. Funny. I mean, she Neither has a great axe, so I mean, she, she must know what she's doing, right? You know what oh, I yeah. love about this group already? Our power of judgment. This is great. And, and, and Velvet just, like, kicks back and, like, sticks his feet. Like, is there, like, a little window, Avery, like, in the front of the carriage to see the carriage driver? It's an open wagon. So there's Oh, no it's room. an open wagon. Okay. That's an enclosed wagon. It's not even closed. Okay. Okay. So, so Velvet just, like, kicks up and puts his feet, like, right where, like, the driver's area would be. Like, not in front of the driver's seat, <laughs> but just so, you know, his feet are a part of the conversation, too. Well, Avery, do you want me to roll, do an intelligence check to see if I can uh, absorb... The, more quickly in an hour yeah are you gonna yeah gonna uh, sure i'll do that thank you okay that would be a oh yeah 20 oh that's a nat 20 oh, okay shit. <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah, which means it's 25 so you skim through and you get every little bit of information you could possibly need i'm gonna say in like the first 15 minutes you're like i i know yeah. how to do this. this is a piece of cake that's right i've been reading things for it's years, very intuitive for <laughs> so there is no chance that you guys are going to get lost Yay! Right. Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine if we would have let this one drive <laughs> he points at Lita. i mean it's, it's how hard could it be it's it's a car it's a horse and a cart so I'm going to let uh, Lena take the first little bit, but okay. uh, we'll say that Sai's going to get through that book so fast that before you guys even get into any remote place where you need to keep track of really where you're going, he mm-hmm. uh, he takes over and driving is no sweat. Nice. Sounds good. Nice. Okay. All right. Okay. Just so solid. you all pile into the wagon. You're unsure it, looking at your horse if he can even see where he's going. But as Lena gently taps the reins on his back, he pulls off with the confidence of Velvet in the prime of his career. (laughs) (laughs) And Sven Sven the horse begins trotting along. The city walls of Isenport begin to fade behind you, and you enter into the open land of Central Valendia. Central Valendia consists of a picturesque mixture of grass and rock landscape, light forests patching the land. As the day passes and the sun warms you, you watch the farmers plowing the land and sowing the seeds for a new year of crops. Some wave to you as you pass, but most keep their heads down focused on their work. It begins to crawl into late afternoon as you pass the last plots of farms and begin entering into more rolling hills and woods. The road becomes shaded 
granting you a break from the heat of the sun as you descend a hill into a peaceful forest. The buzzing of bugs and the chirping of birds grows louder as you enter, filling the air with an ambience of activity. And you travel this way for some time. Until hmm. a quiet buzz is cut through and silenced by the shriek of a scream. Sven comes to a halt and begins looking around. There is silence for another moment as the forest activity had come to a stop. Then the scream breaks through again. What was that? A scream. <laughs> who's a- Avery, who's driving the cart right now? Sigh. He's been Sigh. driving for most um, of the day. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lena grabs her great axe from her back and just holds it up and says, this is not good. I, uh, I mean, it, it sounds, you know, far enough away, right? Can I, do, can I do a perception check, Avery? Yeah. What do you want to know? I guess I just want to know what what the scream does. The sound human, oh, some yeah, kind of sure. animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, roll perception for me. Fifteen. 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 So as you listen, a third scream cuts through the forest, and you can hear that it sounds like a man, and it sounds like it's coming from a southern direction, and it sounds like someone who is the victim of something. Yeah. Okay. Rather than ask. something okay. coming toward you. Okay. Mm. Someone's in trouble. It sounds human, and it's it's and she points to the south. It's coming from over there. It, mm. I'm gonna go check. I'm gonna go check it out if anyone wants to come. And she gets off the cart. Bree joins her. Oh, Velvet reluctantly gets up and says, "So we're just investigate." Uh, okay. He taps. He taps Fed on the head and says, "Good boy." And and Sai <laughs> sort of ties the the horse to I guess a tree. <laughs> yeah. Um. For just sure. To, Dock him <laughs> somewhere. So you okay. bring Sven to a tree with your wagon and you tie him to yes. a tree. Our cart's gonna get stolen, I feel like. Maybe someone should, you know, just watch the cart and up. Uh, mm, mm. Hey, hey, do you want to do that, buddy? Uh, I think you do. Yes. <laughs> you stay here with your buddy Sven. Yeah, my, you know, my my back is is you know it's mm. hurting and and I got this uh, I got this yes. cord on my of foot course. and it's you know mm. I'm no good. You, yeah. Okay, we're going now. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Yeah. He feeds a little ration to Sven. <laughs> Hello, Sven. <laughs> so I'm gonna stay with Sven, I guess. Yes. Make okay. sure no one steals the cart. Cool. Nice. Someone's gonna steal the cart. <laughs> <laughs> Not under my protection. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, there is no real designated path to travel toward the screen. Uh, you're just gonna have to go on foot and kind of travel through the woods. Now. Okay. Uh, you travel through the woods for a small bit, and then you do find a path. You begin to follow the path, and you travel about 300 feet until you come to a small clearing of wood. And a few feet in front of you, stuck in the ground, are a few wooden arrows. And ahead, tucked between some tall oak trees, is a small wooden house. One level, very plain. There is an unlit bonfire pit out front, with some stump logs to sit on, a small wooden porch on front, and a clothesline that is cut and hanging off the side of the house, draping onto the ground. In front of the house, you see the door is hanging on by one hinge and half swung open. I think we need to go check out that house. Lena just immediately starts walking towards the house. <laughs> oh, oh, Lena. What? Quietly, over, over to the side. Don't just walk 
straight into there. Why not? Telepathically, Bree said. Look at the arrows. Yeah, I saw the arrows. We mm. should have shields or something to try to guard ourselves. Mm. We don't know where they came from. Lena just smiles and says, that means there's fun ahead. And she just keeps walking. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> so, Lena, you begin to make your way forward through the clearing. As you're walking across the clearing, nothing happens. You make your way to the front porch of the house. Now, do you want to just walk right in, or what do you think? No, no, no. She's gonna. She's going to. Is there a window? Yep, there's a window. Yeah, she's gonna walk up to the window, seeing that there's no one immediately in her field of vision. She's gonna walk to the window and just take a quick peek in. Cool. So you walk to the window, and now you won't have to roll perception for this. Uh, but you notice that there's an arrow stuck in the side of the house near the window, and mm -hmm. it looks different than the arrow that was stuck in the ground further away from you. Mm. Can you roll investigation for me? 19. 19. Yeah. So this mm. arrow is much more crudely made compared to the arrow that was found when you first entered this clearing. And you get the sense that the arrow is a goblin arrow. You're pretty sure because of its make and how crude it is. Lena's going to pick it up, hold it. I'm assuming Sai and Bree are looking at her. She's going to hold it up to them and then just throw it at them so they can take a look to and see. Kind of get get a feel that for what it is, too. Right. So same thing. You guys recognize that th this arrow is probably a goblin arrow. Mm-hmm. Let me kind of nod knowingly. <laughs> Lena, uh, sorry, Avery, did I look in the window to see if anybody was in there? Not yet, no. Is that what you want to do next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to definitely look in the window. So you look through the window, and you see inside that there are overturned tables, and there seems to be glass on the floor, and there's a man laying against the back wall, and he's holding his side, and uh, there's a bow with a bunch of arrows next to him, and he just seems to be sitting there in pain with his head down, and he's, oh. as he's trying to tend to a wound. There's no goblin? No goblin. Ooh, okay. And the man doesn't notice you yet. He's very concentrated on his wound. Lena walks to the front door and just knocks on it gently to get his attention. The man knocks an arrow in his bone, pulls up immediately. Hey, 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 it's fine. Um, I just was passing through and I saw that things did not look right here. <sighs> are you okay? I mean, you don't look okay, but are you okay? No, please come in. And he throws his bow to the ground. Uh, I have some two friends with me that might be able to help you more than I can. Please bring them in. And Lena just waves them, waves Bree inside. Okay. Bree so heads I... toward the house. Yeah, you guys enter the house, and as you enter, yeah, you see the scene that the tables are overturned, glass is shattered on the ground. Um, the house is very simple. Um, there's two beds. And, and they're on opposite sides of the room. He's on the back wall. And um, he's and as you guys walk in, you see that he has a piece of an arrow stuck in his side. And he's trying to tend to that. Bree is going to go over to him and use cure wounds to try to heal his injuries. Oh, okay, cool. So you just make a roll for that, right? The, for the amount? Yes. Yeah, so she's going to place her hand... You said the the wound is on his side? Yep. Okay, she's going to place her hand over the wound, and that is going to be... 6 plus... 
spellcasting ability. Um, ten. That's going to be ten. So you place your hand on his side, and he grimaces with pain as that slight amount of pressure is applied. But then this warmth begins to exit your hands into his side, and that grimace on his face fades away, and he actually lets out a sigh of relief. Oh. As the wound begins to close up and the bleeding stops and the arrow kind of pops out from his side as well. And there's a small scar tissue that looks fresh where the wound was, um, but it's no longer bleeding and it looks much more healed. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Tell me, friend, what is your name? My name is Malik. Malik. Nice to meet you, Malik. My name is Sai. Please, we have to hurry. I think... I think they got my little girl. Oh, dear. Your little girl? Yes, I, I, I have a daughter. Her, her name is Nellie. She's a small little girl. She's, she's eight years old with blonde curly, curly hair, kind of like yours, actually. And he points to Lena. When he says that, she kind of just brushes her hair away from her face and then says, Wait, you have a, a daughter that's been kidnapped and you... Well, how long ago was this? About two minutes. Two minutes? It and just happened. Which, which direction did they go in? I'm not exactly sure. I was I was <sighs> in the house with her, and they just sprung on us out of nowhere, and they came in and started attacking, and I, I tried to fend them off as best as I could, but then I, I took an arrow to the side. <sighs> you should have started with that man, and she kind of, Lena growls and moves to the, the front of the house and looks out to see if she can see anything. You're kind of an asshole, you know that? As he stands up. <laughs> it's not like I wanted them to take my daughter. It's not like I was expecting this. A likely story. Bree telepathically says to him, we'll, we'll find your daughter. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just, I don't like that this has happened to your daughter. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, we, we need to find his, his daughter. So I goes to the uh, front door now. Can, can we see, I don't know what I should be rolling for this, but um, can we see like, any footprints or any sort of trace of... So of you're going to be rolling survival. Survi survival? Oh, okay. That would be a, an 11. An 11. Let's see. Yeah. So with an 11, you're snooping around, and you do see that there are uh, footprints. There's multiple small footprints. Um, you mm. presume them to be goblin tracks, and they're leading mm -hmm. further south away from the house. I can help you. I, want, I need to find my daughter. I'm coming with you if you're going in search of her. I'm very thankful that you were willing to do this for a stranger. Of course. We should probably get our friend with the yes. cart. I don't know if, if Bree, you want to go, or, or some of us can go ahead, or I don't know, but I feel like this could take a little bit, and we shouldn't leave him there by himself. Why don't you and Bree stay with, with Malik, and uh, I will go get the cart, since I'm the one who drives it, and we'll meet up with you is there um avery is there a way to bring the cart around here or is it kind of too foresty so it's too foresty it's too mm -hmm. uh the what the most you'd be able to do i'd say is you could leave the wagon and bring sven or you could leave both <laughs> what should we do <laughs> <laughs> he says to Lena and can we like can we like hide the cart somehow and yeah and then bring and then bring sven idea. here like can we cover the cart with like I'm trying to think branches. of a spell that I can do that. Um, yeah, you could try to disguise the yeah, cart Yeah, we could disguise the to, cart or... and bring Sven to Malik's place. It sounds great, but I don't... I don't know we what can I can leave use. the horse in Malik's house. It's fine. 
I know. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So we're just going to cover it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's just cover <laughs> but it up. But I'm a wizard. Let's just yeah, okay. Cover it up, man. Okay. So is there is there like a, a big cloth that we could... Um, Even branch, Malik, branches. There, or branches. Okay. Well, let's see. Does, do you, uh, Malik, do you have anything that we could cover a cart with? No. <laughs> I think okay. I, I think the branches are are a great idea. <laughs> All right, let's do the branches then. That might take some time, but wait, I guess we have lots of time. Lots Velvet's of... eager; he'll help out. Okay, let's go. I'm let's sure go. with five of you working on it, it won't take yes. as much time as you think. <laughs> okay. One hour later. <laughs> so, Velvet, uh, in your time, you watch them walk through the woods and disappear. The sounds of the birds chirping, the bugs buzzing, and the crickets cricketing can be heard all around you, and it's just you and Sven. Is there anything you would like to do in the meantime? Oh, yeah, he's 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 kind of, like, sitting there, and he, he looks at Sven and goes, Sven, what's that? Oh, you'd like to hear Coconut Love? Well, <laughs> if you insist. Okay. You know, this was one that put me to the top, you know. Oh, yes, yes. 20 years ago, I could see it like it was yesterday. Oh, the, the castle gleaming on our opening night. Lords and ladies coming in. And as I walked in, my partner, he shall rename, you know, remain nameless, you know, drama. Sven kind of nods in agreement and gives up. <laughs> you, you know, right? My partner put this dry ice on the ground and I came in and we had these, these light bugs swirling around me and it just started and you could hear the voice echoing through the amphitheater. What's that? Sven, you want to hear it? Okay. So he sings coconut love for him, which goes something like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you, you and me, baby. There's just one thing missing between us: a little bit of love and some coconut. Yeah, mm. coconut love, uh. coconut love. And he's just singing coconut love as that. Roll performance for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that your is your a... performance was amazing, Eric. That's <laughs> just, thank you. Uh... That, that that's a nineteen. Oh yeah, Sven's digging it. By the end of and by the end of that, he's kind of giving like a trot with his two feet. He's like pitter pattering them into the ground and like shaking his head around in his hair. And he's Sven, I know I I can barely contain myself when I sing. Trust me, I I have that effect on on you know people and animals. <laughs> and on that note, your group reemerges with a an addition to the party as well. A uh, mm -hmm. human man who I have a description of him somewhere. I'm sure. Hello, comrades. Ah, I knew you'd get along without me. <laughs> Hello, how goes it? Just me and Sven hanging out, being best friends in the world with the Jessica boy. My name is Malik, and my daughter got kidnapped by goblins, and I need your help. Oh, yeah, yes, Velvet, is... get Velvet, get off the cart. We're we're covering it up with some twigs and stuff, and we're bringing the horse back. To ah, Malik's excellent. Feet. Okay. He picks up a very small branch that's like really heavy for him, and he's like, oh, "I got it. Don't worry." And it's it's a very <laughs> tiny branch. <laughs> and and Sai grabs it out of his hand with like two fingers oh, and puts it on top. Thanks. <laughs> Anytime, friend. <laughs> Either one person roll twice with so advantage uh, for nature, or two of you can roll once. Lena and Sai, I'll have you two oh, roll nature for you me. guys. Got okay. it. I'm gonna supervise and pet Sven. <laughs> oh no! Right. Uh, that would be 19 for me, uh, and mm -hmm. that is a 10 for me. 
Which one of these is not like the other? <laughs> so you guys spend about 10 minutes covering this card and putting branches and uh, leaves and other things on it. You push it to the side as best you can, and it looks pretty decent. It looks like a big bush, if you will. Um, upon close inspection, you can see it's clearly a covered wagon, but uh, it'll fit the bill for the time you have. Okay, good work. All right, Sven, we're going on an adventure. <laughs> so you guys begin making your way through the forest back to the house uh, to where Sai saw those tracks. Now, Malik is uh, pretty good at tracking as well, so he's going to help you out. We didn't get the description of Malik. Like, is he like... Yes, mm. sorry. Uh, is he hot? Ma- like, what is... <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. He we has just objectify I? Malik, okay? <laughs> he's yeah. more than his face. Um, he, he's slim. He has dirt brown hair tied back in a small bun and light facial oh. hair. Man bun. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's kind of thin hair that kind of hangs in front of, on the sides of his face as well. So if that's hot to you, then <laughs> that is great. Malik, you know what? I mean, I know you're going through a lot, but but bonus to you. Good for you for having the confidence to rock that. He points at the man bun. <laughs> Love it. So let's go save your daughter, pal. He slaps him on the butt because he can't reach his back. Malik looks down to you and he says... I don't even... Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, put myself in... I'm like, okay, if my daughter was kidnapped and I am right. urgently trying to find her and this guy slaps me on the ass, do I fight him or not? <laughs> I do have <laughs> social cue issues. I have been told that. Goddamn. And uh, as you're walking through the woods, evening begins to slowly start to descend on you. The sounds of the forest are all returned and they fill the air around you. The light peeking through the gaps in the leaves and the branches are colored orange, creating a soft, warm glow in the forest as the first sparks of glow bugs begin to show. After half an hour of walking, uh, Malik stops. And he says, that must be it. That's the cave. I, I found this cave recently, and I was going to scout it to see if there were bears or something else, but I guess it must be goblins, and they scouted me first. He points mm. upward, and on top of a small hill is a rock formation with the mouth of a cave gaping open. Looking to immerse your players with some quality ambience? Then check out the YouTube channel Sword Coast Soundscapes, where they have over 100 different ambient soundscapes, some of which you can hear in this podcast. Or, if you're looking for some music to set the tone of that fantasy capital, or raise the stakes of combat, consider supporting Will Savino's Patreon named Music D20, where he is constantly dropping new tracks for your tabletop games. Hey there, thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theatre Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. 
we will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face to face with your nightmares. Come listen, if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons and Dragons, Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil, long thought to be vanquished. The second is Monster Hearts, Undergrad. Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Talltale Theater Collective. Grow with us.